When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real! Ricky Howard rocks the world! How do you like it? How do you like it? Wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over! Mamma mia! He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Uh. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight preview for this weekend's big fight. It's Joshua Boazzi and Craig Richards in the light heavyweight division here in the UK in London at the O2 Arena. Really excited for this light heavyweight contest and clash and excited to be talking about this fight's significance as well for the future going forward in terms of both men's potential trajectory, given what's at stake for this fight. So there's that fight to talk about. There's the undercard to talk about. We've got a big fight over in America as David Benavidez goes for the WBC interim world super middleweight title. He's defending that against David Lemieux. We've got Danny Dignam fighting as well abroad this weekend and a few other fights to mention. But the main fight is Buatzi versus Craig Richards. Really excited for this, Johnston. Light heavyweight scene, we've spoke about it in the last few months, is a really buzzing scene domestically for for UK fight fans. We've got some really great fighters in the light heavyweight division. Some of them that are pushing on now to world level. Some of them that are going to be challenging for world titles in the not-too-distant future. But this is a real clash. This is a clash at a time where I think both men really do need this fight and both men really do need this win. Buatzi versus Richards and Johnson, your initial thoughts before we go into a deep dive on it. Really good fight. Um, I was really happy when it was made. I, I believe it's uh, two light heavyweights on our, both from South London, uh, one from Palace. Uh, uh, where's Joshua from? I can't believe, I can't remember now. I can't believe I forgot. Um, but either way, he's uh, both South Londoners. Um, so it's a bit of intrigue there. They know each other from the amateurs there. And the one thing I'll say about both fighters before we even go into anything is they're both generally nice fellas they they generally are but i believe this fight's getting to the pair of them uh, and it's nice to see a little bit of bite a little bit of anxiety i believe in both fighters sort of in the lead up to this and and that that's good because we do like to see that a uh, bit of that animosity 
and I think it's because they're friends uh, and they've whether they're friends or not uh, I believe they probably are they've worked in and around the same areas they probably know the same people it just adds a little bit of spice to it when they're up against each other a bit like sort of a uh, Joshua when he fought white that sort of um, you know, when you're on the same circuit, I think it just brings something more to it. And and we've not seen that from either fighter. I honestly don't believe that. We haven't really seen them have to sort of, they, they were able to maintain this nice guy um, persona. And I think, and it's nice to see them get a little bit under each other's skin, if you like. Uh, and, and I think that just adds a little bit of spice to it. But it's a good fight. I was really pleased when it's made. Uh, and it's, it's an interesting one. It really is a great fight. I mean, it's to, in terms of this animosity you speak about, I think the thing is with like fighters like these, because they're from a, a similar area to, to to where they are, like in South London, different parts of South London, it makes it a very big domestic rivalry. But it's not just the fact that it's a domestic rivalry, is it? The fact is, these two are both on the cusp of fighting for world titles. Barazzi hasn't had his world title shot yet. Richards has. Richards fought Bivol last year, remember? He gave Bivol some problems in that fight. And now we spoke about Bivol last week and what he's gone on to do he's beat Canelo he's shown how solid and sound he is as a fighter but in the Richards fight he didn't look as good and he he kind of let Richards get back into that fight but it proved that Richards you know is is good at that level he's good enough to fight at that level everybody knows that Buatse has always been destined for a world title shot he's always shown he's got the potential but this is a this is a huge huge fight for him as well because Richards isn't going to go in there and lie down Richards Richard's going to try and cause an upset. Richard's got the power to cause an upset as well. And I think this is what makes it a really intriguing fight. People can't automatically assume that Joshua Barazzi gets this victory and gets it comfortably. He's got the tools and abilities to make it comfortable for himself in there. But Richards has always got that equaliser. Joshua Barazzi got decent power as well. But I think Richards has always had that equaliser in his arsenal. And I think that's what's caused fighters problems. He's hurt fighters. He, he beat Shakan Pitters in a really, really great fight. He really hurt Shakan in that fight. You know, he, he gives Bivol a lot to think about in their fight when Bivol came to the UK and fought last year. So Richards isn't going to go down without a fight. If anything, Richards will go out on his shield if it, if it does go that way. So really, it's about assessing how these two guys can potentially beat one another. So starting with Richards first, I think with Richards, we know what he's all about because he's had these really tough fights with domestic opposition and obviously world champions, as in Bivol. So we know what he's going to bring to the table now. We haven't seen the best of Boazzi yet. We have, I think, seen the best of Richards, though. So I think we know that Richards, throughout parts of the fights, can switch off a little bit too much. And if he does do this against Boazzi, Boazzi will punish him for it and, and make it maybe an easier fight for himself by using a lot of combination punching and using his reach advantage over Richards to be able to keep him on the outside and stop Richards working on the inside. Because if you're Craig Richards, you're going to want to get in on the inside and you wanna, you're going to want to stop Boazzi from working and working that jab well, he's going to have to get underneath that jab and get on the inside to be able to really put it on Joshua Boatze. He's going to have to smother a lot of what Boatze's doing and be able to hurt him on the inside. If he can do that, if he can do that, he might actually cause an upset in this fight. And this is what I'm really excited about because I've seen what Craig Richards can do, especially when his back's against the wall. Whereas Boatze Johnson, we haven't really seen the best of him yet. And I think that's... 
that's the where the questions lie really more with Buatzi is is you know obviously he got a great win over Balotnik's last year. He's he's had some really really good victories on his on his record, some really good stoppages on his record. You know his last what, five six seven fights have all come by by stoppage, and he's broken his fighters down and he's eventually stopped them. I think you know if I'm Buatzi, I'm looking at a very similar game plan as what he had against Bolotniks. I think Bolotniks is not too a dissimilar fighter from what Richards is and I think he'll he'll bide his time, if anything, with Richards and use his his skill and his ability and his combinations and his his, his punch picking to be able to pick Richards off as he is coming in, not allow him to get underneath that jab and, and make sure he's picking him off and setting him up for that right hand off that jab. I think if he does that and makes it throughout the course of the fight and sticks to that. I think he I think he wins this comfortably. I think he might even stop Richards late on in the fight. If Richard goes a bit desperate towards the end of a fight, if he's not doing so well, I think that's where he takes chances himself and that's where I think Joshua Barazzi could take advantage of it. This is a really, really good fight. I think this is how they could both beat each other. Based on what you've seen of them both so far, how do you think they could beat one another? And, and ultimately, how do you think this plays out yeah, I mean, for me, straight from the off, from the cuff, I mean, when you look at who they've fought and how they've come to get to this position, I think Craig Richards has clearly had the harder fights. You know, he's fought the better fighters. He's had acid tests and Joshua hasn't had any. Uh, Joshua Barazzi's had none. And I think that is a, a concern for me because Barazzi, uh, early in his career, you know, I would... Sort of three years ago, we was raving about this kid. You know, how good can he be? And I felt that by now he'd be beyond this point, and he he hasn't. I think he's been moved along rather slowly, and I don't think he's been matched too well, in my honest opinion. I think, um, I mean, the one the one fight on Boatzi's, um record at the minute that you probably, for me, I think was probably the bigger name is is Conway uh, Conroy. Sorry, Liam Conroy. I don't. The other guys that he fought, yeah, they've they've had some sort of pedigree, Blotniks and stuff like that. But for me, I think it was always or it was inevitable. It was only going to go one way. I felt after uh, Liam the Liam Conway fight, I felt that he could have then moved on and fought more domestic fighters like what Spider Richards has gotten gone and done where you know he he has fought Shakan Peters at Peters and, and that was a great win for him Shakan Peters the Sugden fight wasn't a great fight for him but then like Jack Ball and and uh, even Frankie uh, Bulinani who who was a, uh, a one of the top contenders at the time and I actually felt that Craig Richards won that fight he's had he's had moments of adversity and he's come through them and of course he's fought Bivol to when Bivol fought Canelo in and we done our show then was that Bivol doesn't he, he was literally coasting through his fights. I mean, the guy gets to second gear and he maintains it. And once he knows he's got your beat, he didn't really put his foot down on anything. He just automatically went went through the motions. And, and, and I think he just allowed Richards to come into the fight at the end there. And I do think that was because of Bivol. I don't think it was necessarily anything that Richards done because I feel that Bivol was a class above him. It's just we didn't see the best of Bivol because he just didn't need to. And I think that's, that was always the question mark over Bivol. So for me, I think it's, it's difficult to really gauge that. I think that Richards, if he fought Batervia, uh, for instance, I think Richards gets blasted out in, 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 a, in sort of half half a fight, six rounds, something like that, if he's lucky. I mean, if he can even get that distance. And that's no disrespect to Richards because I'm really impressed and I've, I've followed Richards. I know people that know Richards and, you know, they, they everyone says how much of a lovely chap he is, how hard he's worked to get to this situation. 
I've got nothing but utmost respect for him. And, and Joshua, again, Joshua Bratzi, a nice fella. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, I think this is his big test. This is his real big test. Uh, I mean, I love Buatzi when he comes out, he's throwing a jab right hand, he starts fast, he looks good behind the jab. I think it's, it's all about establishing that jab for Buatzi. If he can do that early on and, and put Richards on the back foot, Richards probably in for a long night. But the thing is I like about Richards is he will start slow and then he will gradually get stronger as the fight goes on. We've seen Buatzi at times as fights have gradually gone the distance or a bit, you know, closer to to the end of a fight for me i think he's looked a bit tired um so there were moments in there where I've, he's breathing out of his mouth a little bit and that's only sort of going past seven rounds uh the blotniks fight sort of from about round eight you could see was although he was in control he, he, he were it was uncomfortable at times uh, and i think it's probably because of his his engine a bit like anthony joshua so that's where craig Richards for me has got to put the pressure on him and try and establish his own jab which he's got a good jab but i just think Buatzi's is a lot punchier a lot stronger uh, and yeah so i mean that there are elements here i think i think joshua Buatzi takes the early stages and i think craig richards then takes the end if anything i could actually see Buatzi really going for broker and being spiteful which is what i want to see i want him to be spiteful in that ring and if he is that and he, he's aggressive from the off uh, he can hurt richards then you know i think richards could be in for a long night but i think he's got a strong enough chin to hold up to it I think he may tire, but then he comes back. Buatzi's might then struggle. They're the moments when Craig Richards got to put the pressure on him. But I'm with you. I think it could be comfortable for Buatzi. And then Richards sort of comes back, puts a bit of pressure on him. And then eventually Buatzi finds something and gets rid of him. My other concern is whether his relationship with Virgil Hunter is good enough. I, I, I do worry with Virgil Hunter with some of his fires. I don't think the chemistry is quite there and whether the advice is good enough. So I think that could be a, a downfall for Buatzi. Hate to sort of pick out Virgil Hunter because people do respect him but others don't and I sort of on that on the fence with him I don't know whether some fighters it works well so yeah I think there's a lot of elements there I've just thrown in there Sean I mean I'm with it I think Buatzi probably could make it an easy night for himself but Craig Richards has been through it he's fought for this moment and I I know he's had his world title fight but I still think he he put out a taste that he wants a bit more of it so there's a lot I mean there's, there's so many elements I think Buatzi does win the fight though I think he does stop him late himself well, I'm going to go with a very similar prediction to you. I honestly think, looking at all the elements going into this fight, I think Buatzi's current record and, and current ability to be able to break fighters down over long periods of time has proven that you know that's a success. It works well for him. He starts in a certain fashion. He maintains his way throughout the fight. Maybe switches off here and there, but he's able to then land them finishing combinations, whichever round it may be in. He's proven that he can do that, and I think that's how this fight's going to go down. I mean, I've given keys to victory, and, I, and I'm obviously being fair to Richards, but you know, realistically, I think Buatzi will stop him, and I think he will stop him sort of mid to late rounds. I think anywhere sort of from round seven to maybe rounds 10, 11, I think is where I've sort of be looking at. I think Richards will put it on him and he will maybe even hurt him at some points throughout the fight, even if it is only once, maybe twice. I think he'll definitely give Boazzi a lot to think about in this fight and it'll give him the test that he needs. Uh, but I think Boazzi comes through it and I think he gets a stoppage later on in the fight. Credit to Richards, though. You know, he's taking a really big fight. He needs these fights. The thing is, Richards, he wants to be back up there and even... Even if he loses this fight, there's still a lot of great domestic fights for him out there. If I'm Joshua Buatzi now, like if I if I was picking up this win over Richards now, who who recently fought Dimitri Bivol, a world champion, 
I'd be wanting to push on. I'd be wanting to put myself in a position to fight for a world title. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But in the interim, rather than waiting around for that to happen, if that can't be made, then why not look at fighting the likes of Anthony Yard, maybe even Callum Smith? Maybe you've got to look at the fights with people like Callum Johnson as well. You know, these are other domestic UK fighters that are pushing themselves up to, to, to the top levels. Callum Smith, former world champion in the super middleweight division. Callum Johnson obviously had a really good fight with Peterbiev and hurt Peterbiev in that fight. Callum Johnson's looking for an opportunity to really put his name back out there for another shot at a world title so there are really good names on this soil that Joshua Barazzi should be sharing the ring with but haven't haven't done that yet they've, they've brought a lot of European opposition in or they've took into America and fought American opposition but yeah with all respect to them some of them have been really good fighters Bolotniks was a really good fighter on his record however they haven't had that that fighter yet in the ring with Buatsi where it's really proven who how good he is. And I think the Richards fight will tell us a lot more about Buatsi because Richards will give him hell in this fight. But I think Buatsi comes through and stops him. It's a great fight for the light heavyweight division. I think it's a moment where we get to see Buatsi maybe step up a gear, step up a level and start to really think about these big fights that I'm mentioning. So it's going to be a good fight. I'm excited for, for the fight itself. The card itself, though, I'm not so excited about. I'll, I'll be totally honest. Uh, I, I mean, Alan Babich and Adam Balske in... I don't even know what weight these two are fighting at. I mean, Alan Babich, I think he's too small for heavyweight. I think he's maybe a bit too big for cruiserweight. And they talk about him being in the Brid this Bridgerweight division. I don't know where he sits, to be honest with you. At 10 and 0, he, you know, he's an exciting fighter to watch against the right opponent. But I think he's a very limited fighter. And I think when they put him in there with somebody who's got a bit more about them, as in they're more skilled, they've, they've fought better opponents, I think maybe that's where he will find his difficulty. I don't think he's quite found his level yet because they've not given him that level to fight at. I think once they do, that's when we'll get to see if he if he is better than what we think he is. But I think from what I've seen of him so far, I think anybody who's got a, a really good jab and lateral movement and, and has got good hand speed, I think will we'll make it an easy night for them against Babbage. So I'm not really excited about the Babbage fight. Robbie Davis Jr. against Javier Molina, WBA Continental Super Lightweight title. I can't honestly say this appeals to me as well. I think Robbie Davis, again, is another fighter where I feel like whenever he's stepped up to, to that level, whenever he's stepped up to a level where you think he's going to move on in his career, I think he, he seems to fall. He seems to fall at that hurdle. 
That being said, he got a good win against Henry Lundy in his last fight, but Henry Lundy passed his best for me. So, this fight against Javier Molina, I don't know what he's going to prove. I don't think it's really going to prove that he is good enough at that world level. I think he does fall short at world level in the super lightweight division. I think, you know, if he if you look at the super lightweight division for Robbie Davis at the moment, and you look at who else is around there, he, you know, he's not ranked very highly at the moment. And you look at some of the names that are around in the top 10, you know, if Josh Taylor sticks around, Josh Taylor's really... The best in the division. Jose Carlos Ramirez, Jose Cepeda, Regis Pagrai, Sandor Martin, Jack Catterall, Gary Antoine Russell, Rancis Barthelme, you know, Jose Pedraza even as well. You know, these are the types of fighters that are around. Do you see Robbie Davis Jr. beating any of them? Because I certainly don't. No, I don't. I don't. I think he, uh, he needs to prove himself. I know he's 32, but he needs to prove himself at domestic level. I mean, he just needs to... You know, he had the Ritson fight. It was a good fight. It was a terrific fight. I think he got voted uh, a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Our fight of the year. They're the sort of fighters he needs to be looking at, you know, just to earn a crust. I mean, this fella, he's fighting now. Um, again, he's lost to, what, Jose Pedraza. And, you know, he was like, when he steps up, he's, 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 he's fouled, uh, Robbie Davis Jr. Even if he was to step up, he would foul. So it's almost like... Um, they're probably quite even in terms of that respect. So I suppose I could see why this fight's being made because, you know, they want it to be quite an even fight. I think it will. I think Davis Jr. Could probably should, I mean, he should be looking at this and should be winning the fight without without a shadow of a doubt. But then when you see the the Venezuela fight, um, we've seen Venezuela recently fight Love, didn't we? And, and Venezuela caused Love all sorts of problems. He was a good fighter and, and, he, and he showed against uh, Davis Jr. that, you know, and he's not even sort of at world level. So, you know, he he, he give Montana Love a, a tough night, but Montana Love is potentially going to be going to that next stage. And then you sort of look at Davis Jr. and you just sort of think that, you know, it, I think he's just in it to earn a bit of money. Uh, in the greatest of respects to the guy, I do. I mean, he, he seems like a genuinely nice fella, but, you know, it, it's okay being a nice fella. You, you've, you know, it, it depends where do you want to go. You're 32 years of age. You're not even the best in, in the country. So... I, I can't. I, I'm with you. I mean, where does he really go? Uh, he gets the win here. Great. Who does he fight? I mean, stick him in the ring with O'Hara Davis, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the that's the sort of level you're looking at. But he will always produce a good fight. There's always good. I mean, there was fireworks between him and Ritson. So, um, but Ritson's obviously now moved on since his win. So it, it's it's a difficult one with fighters like Davis Jr. because it's like he's he's almost becoming that stepping stone for the youngsters that are moving up. Um, so this is just a fight to add to the bill, to pad it out a little bit and make it slightly even, which you expect Davis Jr. to come through with. So Chantel Cameron defends WBC and IBF super lightweight title against Victoria Noella Bustos on this card as well. And Chantel Cameron is another fighter who I want to see have a fight a really major fight in, in the super lightweight division. I think she, obviously holding two titles in this division at the moment, is, is for me, she clears up this division. I think that's the first thing I want to say. When she fights for the other titles in the division, she clears it up, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I've got no doubt in my mind that she clears this division up. But, 
you know, she, she she needs to be put in these fights, and that's the, that's the problem. Like the Mary McGee fight was was a really good fight for her last fight. You know, she was obviously a former champion. She took she took that other belt from her Chantal Cameron. That was a a, a unification fight of sorts. But you know, for me, she needs now to be being pushed on to fight for the other titles in the division. And if you look at you know who else is around in the division at the moment, and you look at the type of fights that that she needs to be getting in the ring with, I think. I think you need to really see her being pushed on. I think if you look at the titles that are around, the only other fighter she needs to fight really is Carly Reese, who holds the WBA title and the WBO title and the IBO title. So that's the fight that needs to be made for Chantel is Carly Reese, and I hope that they can get this fight on maybe later on this year because that's the fight really which will prove Chantel Cameron is the best of this division and I think she is I'll, I'll be totally honest I think she is the best of this division and I think if she was to able to get the fight and, and unify and can be completely undisputed the way Katie Taylor's done in the lightweight division I think that might even open the door for Katie Taylor to maybe move up again to super lightweight and fight maybe Chantal Cameron for all the marbles there because how big of a fight would that be for female boxing an undisputed lightweight champion against an undisputed super lightweight champion bearing in mind Katie Taylor did move up and win a version of the super lightweight title previously that would make a, a fantastic fight for British boxing so for me this is where I want Chantal Cameron to go she's got to get through Bustos first on this weekend show but I'll be totally honest with you. I think she does that. If you look at the record, she has lost to Katie Taylor previously in 2018, and she's lost to Cecilia Breakhouse in her career. You know, there are notable fights that she's been involved with of the past four or five years. I think this for Chantal Cameron is a it's a good, good contender to fight against. It's a good person to to be keeping active against. However, the next fight has to be for me, Callie Reese. And it has to be an undisputed title fight for her, for her to clear up this division. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's what you expect female with female side of boxing. You do automatically look at sort of um, if not who's in, who's in the division. You know, you you want to clear up, win all those titles, um, and then from there start thinking about moving up. I mean, Jessica McCaskill's another fight. I mean, you mentioned Katie Taylor moving up. She could even sort of Cameron could move up and look at Jessica herself once she's if she can win. Uh, become an undisputed champion and it's definitely a potential for her i think that would be something she's surely eyeing up it's a good stepping stone for her this fight because obviously you know her opponent has fought a decent opposition as you say breakers and and taylor as well so uh bustos is it bustos uh whatever her name victoria bustos <laughs> look, she she's 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 proven that she can uh mix it but she's obviously failed at the world level so obviously chantel Cameron cameron will be looking at it thinking do you know what Let's get this victory um, and maybe even try and stop her and make a bit of a statement and then look, as you say, to, to, to move on to become an undisputed champion. But then from there, if, if Taylor, I mean, we don't know what Taylor's going to do next. Is she going to fight again or, you know, is she going to look for a rematch? Is she going to move up? Is she going to retire? So at that moment in time, for me, Cameron just needs to think, right, let's just get clear out this division. And then I, I think for me, she should be looking at, moving up herself into the worldweight division and taking on China attempt to take on Jessica McCaskill. It's a good point. It's a good point. A very valid point and a very valid way for her career to go. So on the rest of the card, Ellie Scottney in a 10-rounder, 4-0 going in against Maria Cecilia Roman. 
good step up again for her in her fifth professional outing. WBA Intercontinental Female Super Bantamweight title is here up for grabs in this one. Shavon Clark, an Olympian from Tokyo 2020, has his second professional fight. John Hedges, another light heavyweight coming through. He's currently 5-0, and looking to move 6-0. and And then you've got the welterweight, Shalaya De Freitas, who's currently 3-0, and also on this particular card. So we did say earlier on in the episode that we was going to focus on another big fight happening this weekend that we wanted to mention. That was David Benavidez and David Lemieux, WBC interim super middleweight title on the line. Benavidez is naturally seen as a contender to fight Canelo Alvarez. People are saying he's the man that Canelo Alvarez now needs to go down to super middleweight and beat. He's got a good fight coming up against David Lemieux. I think David Lemieux, for me, passed his best. I'll be honest, that's where I see him. I see him as past his best. I see him as maybe, as you were saying just recently, a stepping stone when you were talking about Robbie Davies Jr. I think maybe Lemieux is, is, is the world-level fighter who... Guys that are going to go on to be world champions will now face to potentially become a world champion going forward. I mean, he's not really had a significant win in his career since probably Curtis Stevens in 2017. I think I'm, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Could you say the Spike O'Sullivan in 2018 was a significant win? I don't think so because I've never really thought Spike O'Sullivan was going to be a world champion at any point. So I think the Curtis Stevens fight was the last significant fight of his career. Obviously, he lost to Billy Joe Saunders five years ago. That was the next significant fight of his career. But since then, really, I've not looked at his career and thought, you know, he'll he'll challenge for a world title again. I think this is an opportunity for Benavides to get a scalp on his record and a name on his record to basically prove that he is now ready for this Canelo fight, which they've been crying out for for, for quite some time. And I think he would be a, a good fight against Canelo. I think it would make for a really interesting fight. He's really worked his way up through the division. He's fought the likes of Jay Leon Love, Anthony Durrell throughout his career, uh, Dennis Duglin as well in 2016. He's had some good names on his record also. So this is a, an interesting fight for David Benavides. And I suppose what it proves is that he is, you know, the other legitimate challenger out there to Canelo. Maybe aside from Golovkin moving up to fight Canelo, Benavides is the other man to look out for and the man that really should be getting his shot at the WBC title against Canelo. Uh, and I agree. And I think Lemieux is just the guy that is uh, it's a name to add to that list. Um, you know, I, I, mean, I like watching David Benavides. I like the way he fights. You know, he's he's strong. I mean, 22 knockouts in 25 fights suggest that. And as you say, you know, it, with Darrell and Age Darrell, we got rid of, and a few of the other names and their decent names. And Lemieux just bumps that up. If he can, if he can get rid of Lemieux, that would be a good statement. I mean, David Lemieux is, you know, even at his ripe age. You don't. It's, I think it's the power's one of the last things to go. You know, the power's always there. It's the speed you start to lose. Um, so if he can see the shots coming, Benavides, it should be fine. But if Lemieux can catch Benavides, then <laughs> you know he could create an upset. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. And the way people sort of are sort of on that hype train of David Benavides, and and he's going to you know potentially fight Canelo maybe next year. Then for me, he has to prove himself in a fight like this. You know, he's. You know, Lemieux in a no, he's in a win-win situation, whereas Benavides is a bit of a no-win situation because he he needs to beat Lemieux. So you know that can be dangerous for fighters if he if he overlooks him and he's looking too far ahead, he could get punished. Do I think it's going to happen? No. 
Um, it's not, I mean, it is an acid test as such because Lemieux is well known. You know, one thing before the Billy Joe fight, everyone was saying, you know, this guy can knock people out for fun. And it's sort of since then that people have seen sort of a weakness and, and they're not too scared of him anymore. Um, and I think that probably at his age. Uh, but yeah, look, it's, it's a fight that literally Benavides should be coming through. No problem whatsoever. And he probably should be stopping him. Um, you know, if people would really believe it, he can, he could push Canelo and even beat Canelo. I've seen some people suggest this is a statement fight for him. Get rid of Lemieux. And um, I know it's, a weird, it's, it's you know, he ain't going to really get much more than the name on his record, but people will, probably more people will jump on the hype train. I'm not, I'm just unconvinced with him, Sean. I mean, he's only 25. He's still young. He's had 25 fights, 22 knockouts. But yeah, he doesn't, he does things well. There's, there's nothing that's really inspiring about him that I watch. Um, I'm not saying that he's, he can't be a top, top fighter, top level fighter, the way people talk about him. I just think he's a little bit, too hyped but look i'm, I'm not going to criticize him you know he's got a good fight coming up i'm sure he'll do the job if he doesn't then it's sort of another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> that, that heart train stops very suddenly. <laughs> yeah, it does. It certainly derails, doesn't it, if he, if he loses this particular fight. And I like you say, I haven't really seen anything in him where I feel like, you know, this will be the guy that will beat Canelo down at super middleweight. I, I've not seen anything from him personally yet where I think that. I mean, people will might say otherwise. People probably will say otherwise, and that, that's fair. You've got your own opinions about what you think about Benavidez and where he's at. I think he does give Canelo problems, but I think he needs a statement win, and I don't think he's really got a statement win on his record, and this, for me, would be a statement win if he could do it in emphatic fashion. So it is an interesting fight, and it is a fight that you should definitely be checking out over the weekend because it will sort of maybe change the landscape of the super middleweight division and, and how that might play out should Benavidez go on and get that statement win. You mentioned... Um, at uh, the start of the show about Danny Dignam going over to Las Vegas as well and fighting for the WBO Interim World Middleweight title against Zanibek Alimakanuli. I hope I pronounced that right. I've probably butchered it, but I've given it a good go. He's got a really tough fight. He's going over to fight the 11-0 undefeated Kazakhstan fighter who has really, so far, made a statement in the last 12 months, uh, particularly beating Rob Brant and retiring Rob Brant in eight rounds, knocking him down in the sixth round. That was a was a significant win for him. And also the Hassan and Dam Jakam fight, beating him in eight rounds as well, which got him the WBC Continental Americas middleweight title and the WBO Global middleweight title. He put and down in round three. 
And for me, them two wins are his statement wins on his record. We talk about statement wins. They're, they are his statement wins, whereas Danny Dignam, I don't think, has had that statement win yet. And that's my concern for him uh, as a UK-based fighter that, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a really good fighter and he will be you know, going for, for broke in this fight. But if you consider the like of Conrad Cummins and Andre Sorokin as the, 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 the fights on his record where, you know, he's been shown to be at a certain level I honestly don't think he, he's shown he's at that same level yet so fair play to him he's got big big bollocks to go over there and and try for this for this fight but genuinely I don't think he wins it I really don't I, I think he's coming up against a guy who's got all that pedigree who's transitioned it really well so far into his professional career and I think essentially what what Ali McAnally is going to do is probably take over the reins of the middleweight division as the next Kazakhstan eh, to, to, to sort of surpass Golovkin. Because obviously Golovkin, as we know, is the, he's the, the most famous Kazakhstan boxer, in my opinion. And I think this is where he will overtake him going forward. I mean, he is 29 years of age. You know, he's still relatively young in terms of, of sort of peak performance as, as a middleweight fighter. But... I think I think over the next couple of years he's going to be fighting for for middleweight titles. I think when Golovkin retires, which I don't think will be too long, I think he'll surpass him, and I think he'll be uh, picking up the pieces of whatever Golovkin leaves behind. I think you're right. I think that's definitely. I mean, the, the Kazakh uh, is all straight away. You're going to uh, compare the the both of them, both in the middleweight division, both Kazakh. So obviously he'll be looking to to you know take over from a Golovkin and you know Golovkin's 40 now so you know 29 is no, nothing if uh, if that's anything to go by but yeah Danny Ding is he's in a he's in a big as you say he's got huge kahunas to be going over there and, and attempting it I mean I mean this is what makes fighters I mean if he comes through this would be a great win for Danny Ding um, it really would and and, it, and to be fair to him look as I say yeah we both said it you know he, he's got a lot of bottle to do it and He's, he's going to learn. Look, he's going to he's going to learn more from this fight, no matter what happens, than any other fight he's ever had. I honestly, believe that it, it will make him or break him, and hopefully, it makes him. Hopefully, from here, if he if he does, if he, I mean, I'm, not, I'm writing him off. I mean, we're both <laughs> we're both pretty much writing him off. But and I feel bad for doing that, but it, you just don't expect him to come through it. But this is the sort of fight that when he does come back, he will be able to, you know, push him on for bigger fights, and and I think he. It, it just learns you just learn more in these fights than any other fight and and talking about Danny well there is someone else James Metcalf who's heading um away from these shores and he's going to fight Kerman Lejaraga in in Balboa in Spain which again um just shows you that we don't really see it very often uh the, the one guy always springs to mind is James DeGal he was always the man who, who was never frightened to to travel off these shores and go and fight wherever other fighters wanted to fight him um, just to get the big fight. So uh, Danny Dingham and James Metcalf, a huge shout out to the pair of them uh, because they're, they're going into the trenches, if you like, and, and they've got, this is what, this is what it's about. This is what will progress these guys in the future of their careers. If they come out and get a victory or at least make it competitive enough where people were saying they should have won it and they didn't get a decision, then that will help them, and it will just help them in general, mentally as well as physically. Absolutely. Well, the light heavyweight Fang Long Meng, 17 and 0, is fighting Jean Pascal as well on Friday night. Another fighter to watch out for in the light heavyweight division. Obviously, the aging Jean Pascal, best his best. 
But Fan Long Meng, 17-0, looking to make a statement by beating him and looking to put his name in the mix of all them light heavyweights that we've been talking about over the course of this episode. Any other fights this weekend that I've missed, Johnston, before before we wrap it up? Um, I don't. I think you might have got everyone. Uh, Brad Foster. Yes. Uh, the your call Friday night. Uh, Brad Foster against uh, Baluta uh, for the vacant WBC interim super bantamweight title. It's a Frank Warren show up at your call and Bethnal Green. You got Andrew Kane against uh, Luis Marino, um, and then a few other guys on the card there. Um, that sort of those just fighting guys with losing records. <laughs> uh, I hate to, you know, they're all one, five and oh, two, two and oh, you know, it's, this is sort of, you know, they, they need to fight the journeyman to get the experience. But yeah, um, so yeah, Frank Warren card Friday night, your call, but the headliner is Brad Foster against Bellata. Yep, that is, that is correct. You've got the Franken brothers on that one as well and you've got Mickey Burke Jr., Raven Chapman and Adnan Mohamed also featuring these are the fighters you're referring to, Johnston. That's the Friday yes. night fight card in the UK. So if you are tuning in to Friday night fights, that's one to look out for. The Kerman Lajaraga james Metcalf fight is actually on Friday as well in Spain. That's actually going to be shown on the zone. If you want to check that out, you can do. You can also check that out at Daz TV. Our friends over at Daz TV, find them on Twitter if you want to get available services to be able to watch a lot of these fights over this coming weekend. Some great fights again, headlined by Bawatsi versus Richards in what should turn out to be a, a really decent fight. I'm genuinely looking forward to this fight, and I hope you guys listening, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. I hope you're looking forward to this fight. I'd like to know, as always, like what your thoughts, feelings, and opinions are on it. If you've got anything you want to add off the back of this episode, any messages, any tweets, any Facebook posts you want to send out to us, please feel free to do so. We're always up for debate. We're always up for, for having a chat about some of these fights and fighters. So please get at us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and you can find us at BTR Boxing Podcast Network on Facebook, Instagram and you can find us on YouTube also big shout out to our patrons of the podcast for all the support that you're providing to us and if you're not a patron as yet please go and check out patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network if you're sick of listening to ads throughout the episodes or you want early access to some of our series-based content like Legendary Nights, Darker Side of Boxing and Career Profiles, then please go and check out our Patreon content on there. You've got access to episodes that have never been released to the general public. It's definitely well worth looking at and definitely well worth maybe putting your hand in your pocket for maybe at least a minimum of £1.50, which is the minimum tier on Patreon, and maybe you would be able to get access to some of this great content on there. Please do go and check it out and have a look at what we offer separately from the main feed podcast that's it that is our big fight preview for joshua boatze and craig richard this coming weekend thank you as always for listening and we'll see you on the next episode Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.